The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Gemara Yevamot. Masechet Yevamot has been dedicated and sponsored by our dear friend, Mr. Isaac Jamal and his wife in honor of his uh, family and Hatzlacha Varvacha Mechol Maaseyadav may be zocheh to raise his children in the ways of the Torah, they should give him much nahat, he should have many more children with health and happiness, and he should have berachah bakol mikol kol, him and his entire family, amen. Just a note of interest, as we study Masechet Yebamot, many of the cases need diagrams, we have chosen the Sefer Siurim, the Masechet Yebamot, as our uh, book for the diagrams written by Aaron Shalomo Berabi Baruch Moshe Hafner available in the bookstore so we refer to pages we are using uh, that sefer Daf Memvav today's Daf is being studied La'inu Nishmat Abraham Ben Esther Ruach Hashem Tanihenu Began Eden Amen we begin today's Daf on Memhe Amud Bet and we start Four lines from the bottom. Amar bi Yoshua ben Levi. Well, actually, Amar Rav Hama bar Guria. Amar Rav. Three lines on the bottom. Halokeyah Eved mina Oved Kochavim. The person bought an Eved from a Goy. Now we're talking about over here an Eved Kenani. Now understand how an Eved Kenani works. Usually, when he's bought by his master, the Jew. Immediately he has to convert him. He gives him a brit milah. He also immerses him in the mikveh after milah, and he's considered Jewish partially, meaning he's hayav in certain mitzvot. Basically, the mitzvot that ladies would be hayavot in. And then after the adon, the Jew frees him eventually. So now he has to go to the mikveh again, and then he becomes a full-fledged Jew with his uh, freedom. He's like a gir. Okay? So now the question is like this. He bought an Eved from the Oved Kuchavim. And he went this Eved and he jumped the gun and he dipped himself in the Mikveh. And his Kavanah, when he dipped in the Mikveh, was he did it for the sake of being free. Which means he didn't dip in the mikveh for the sake of avdut, which is the normal kavanah that the master dips him in the mikveh. But he did it in order that he wants to be a free uh, person, in order to convert. And uh, the Gemara says he's free. So even though the Israel bought him, he loses him. Finished. The guy's Jewish now. Once he's Jewish, you cannot uh, keep him as a slave. So the Gemara says, my tama. What's the logic? I thought you bought him. Don't you own him? How could he go now and just uh, go out of your shoot by dipping in the mikveh and freeing himself? So the Gebarah says, logic. Oved kochavim gufa lo kanile. She's the goy that sold this goy, because he bought him from a goy. Doesn't own him. There's no kinyana guf, which means when the goy sold the evet to the Israel, he didn't sell him his body. He doesn't own his body to sell him. So what did he sell him? My dekanile. Who Yisrael? What the goy owns in this Eved, that's what he's able to sell to the Israel. What does he own? He owns Maasiyadav, which means he owns his uh, work. He owns his service. So therefore, he's selling him rights that this guy over here can work for you, but he doesn't own him. And therefore, technically, all the Israel at the time of the purchase has on this Ovid Kuchavim is what we call a Sha'bud, which means he has rights to the Ayyad, but the Ayyad himself still belongs to himself. So, therefore, when he goes and jumps into the Mikveh, the Shem Ben Horin, he can acquire himself in freedom. Because if the Goy would be selling him the actual body, the physical body, so then he doesn't own himself already. So therefore he cannot go dip in the mikveh, cannot do anything against the will of the master. But since all the master has, the Israel that is, is called the Sha'ibud, he has a lien on him. Uh, which means you owe me uh, your uh, ma'asiyadab. So there was, V'chev an dekadam betabah l'shem ben chorin, 
once already he goes and dips himself in the mikveh for the sake of Ben Hurin to be a free man. So the shi'bud, so the lean that the Israel has on him, goes off. He's able to take the lean off. Now, at this point, when he goes into the mikveh, he's going to become uh, free. Jeez, he doesn't become an avid uh, every either. <laughs> he's not dipping for the sake of Avdut. He's dipping for the sake of Behorin. And therefore he goes uh, free in uh, totality. Okay, he comes to Yisrael, Gamur. So he loses all his rights in the Eved now. This guy born in Eved and that's it. He went to the Mikveh on his own. He loses his, uh, his money. He can't even use it for Mahaseh Yadav. So the Gibbara gives a proof to this concept. Gibbara says, Kedarava. Damarava, Hikdesh, Hametz, Vishharur, Mafkiin, Mide, Shabud. We have a case over here where a person, let's say, owes uh, somebody money. Okay, he owns a Jew money, let's say. And the Jew uh, makes what's called. Uh, or the fellow that owes the money, let's say the uh, makes a apotiki. What is an apotiki? Apotiki is rashetevot. Po tehe Which means he tells him, listen, I'm taking my debt from this item. Jeans. He's putting it away like a collateral on an item. Which means you owe me the money, I'm taking it from uh, this. Uh, this piece of property, for example, let's say it is. So the Gemara says, let's say he did it on an animal. Tell him, sure, Zed, this ox over here, this is where you're going to get your uh, payment. Okay, let's say the Jew told the other guy, you're going to get it from this ox. And then the Jew came along and he made it Hegdish. Which he said, he says, this ox over here now belongs to Hegdish. Now, when the Jew made the Hegdish, it's in his possession. Even when he says a key that here's where you are able to take your debt from, the creditor only has a lien on the item, but the item itself belongs to the owner, and therefore till he pays it. So therefore he's able to make it hikdish, and therefore that's it. He cannot take payment from it. So the other guy cannot come along. So the creditor can't come along and say, "Hey, that's my uh, short. You have no right to make it hikdish." No, until he pays him, all he has is a lien on them, and therefore he's able to make it. Hegdesh. And therefore he cannot take payment from it anymore. Mm-hmm. I'll give you another example. The Gibbana says, Hametz. Let's say a Jew borrowed money from a Goy. Right? So the Jew tells the Goy, You can take my uh, Hametz. She says, I'm going to pay you from my Hametz. He put that as the collateral. Now all of a sudden, Hametz, Eid Pesach comes. When Eid Pesach, the sixth hour, the Hametz becomes Asur. Bahana'ah. He's not allowed to benefit from the Hametz. He has to burn the Hametz. So therefore, the Goy loses out. Because he cannot take that from this Hametz anymore. Again, why? Because all he had was a Sha'bud on the Hametz. And now, once the Eid of Pesach comes, the Jew cannot benefit from the Hametz. He's got to get rid of it. So therefore, he cannot take from the Hametz anymore. Or the third case would be Shihrur. Let's say he has a Eivet uh, Kena'ani, this Jew. And he tells his uh, creditor that, uh, listen, Apotekai. I'm putting my slave as a collateral. So now, what did he do? He freed him. He freed him, that's it, he goes free. Again, the logic is he cannot go now and take uh, from the uh, Evet. Why? Because it remains in the possession of the owner until the creditor takes it. All the creditor has on it is a shabud again. So what are you seeing from all these cases over here? Specifically, like say the last case as well, that when a person only has a shabud on something, so therefore he doesn't own it. And therefore back to our case, when the fellow bought an Evid from an Oved Kuchavim, so the fellow, the Jew that bought it, all he has on the Evid is a shabud. He just has a lien on him. He doesn't own him. He has a lien on him, the Evid owns, owes him Masi Adaf. He owes him his work, but he doesn't own his body. Therefore, the Evid belongs to himself. And therefore, if he jumps the gun and he jumps into the mikveh for the sake of being a free man, he goes free. So that's the concept that the, when a person has a lien on something, he doesn't own the item. Just like by the apotheki. The guy who owes the money, he can make the animal hikdesh, he can make the, the hamish becomes a sunbana because it's in his possession, and he can make the, he can free the slave. 
And the creditor can't come along and say, hey, that's mine, I got a shemur on it. You only have a lien. You do not own the item itself. So that's the deen of the Gemara. Mativ Rav Hazda. So Rav Hazda asks a question. Ma'aseh bibluria agiyorit. The convert, convertist, a lady. Her name was uh, Bluria. Shekadmu avadeha vetavlu lefaneha. She had servants as well. She was a goya, and she had avadim that were goyim as well. The goyim went, uh, and they uh, went into the mikveh, and they dipped the shem ben chorin. And it says they did it lefaneha. They did it before she converted. So the Gemara says, Uba ma'aseh lefneha chamin. So the case came in front of the rabbis. They came along and said, that's it, they bought themselves free. Because bottom line, at the time that she was uh, non-Jewish, so she doesn't own the uh, goyim, she doesn't own the servants. If anything, she has a lien on them. She has ma'asiyah them, but they're, they're, they're free to themselves. So therefore, when they went to the mikveh, they uh, had kavanah l'shem ben chorin. So the kavanah makes a diyuk. Uh, the rabbis only allowed the slaves to go free because they went to the mikveh before Bluria converted. But it's mashmah that if Bluria would have converted already, and then the slaves would jump into the mikveh, they would not go free. That goes against what we're learning till now. We're learning now that when the Jew owns the... Um, when the Jew buys, for example, David Kanani, David Kanani has the, he only has a shabur on him. David Kanani go to the mikveh and free himself. Here was master the story of Luria was saying that only because they jumped into the mikveh in the Shem ben Horin before she converted, but after she converted, that would be mashma. Like after she converted, like she was konen at avadim as a Jew, and still was saying what they cannot go to the mikveh to get themselves ben Horin. So it's a stira on what we're saying uh, in the uh, Gemara over here. So the Gemara says, Amar Ravah, Ravah says no. Lefaneha, which means if the slaves would have jumped into the mikveh before Bluria became a, uh, a, a, a convert, Ben Bistam, Ben B'meforash, then we would say they can go to the mikveh, these Abadim, whether they went Stam, without having Kavanah, specifically Lashem Ben Hodin, or of course if they had Kavanah, Mefureshit, which means when you go before the uh, owner converts, then we're even more lenient. No matter what kavanah they went when they went to the mikveh, even stam, it's okay. I'm going to explain you the logic why stam is okay in that case. Because when a convert uh, converts the shem, uh, let's say ben, uh, uh, let's say the shem evid, when, when an evid kanani becomes an evid, he becomes hayav and partial mitzvot. Now, before Bluria becomes a Jew, it's not advantageous for these slaves to become now a slave to her they're going to have partial mitzvot. Because since she's not Jewish, they're going to have a hard time fulfilling mitzvot in her, uh, in her domain. So therefore, lefanea, the assumption is even stam, they're doing it for ben chorin. Because they'll just go out of the house. They're free. Yeah. They're able to fulfill mitzvot and they're free. So that's why lefanea, ben bistam, ben memeforaj, it's going to be a kenyan, which means they connect themselves. Le'achareha. But after she converts, again, they also could jump in the mikveh and free themselves. Because even after she converts, they only, she only has a shi'bud of ma'asiyadah. But it's different after she converts. Bimifurash in. Then dafka, they have to be mifurash. They have to say specifically they're dipping the shem ben chorin to be free. Bistam, no. But stam not. Because in stam, I'll say maybe they want to become slaves. Because anyway, she's Jewish. So therefore, if they become a slave, uh, it's not to their disadvantage. Because by the way, she's fulfilling mitzvot. So they're able to fulfill the mitzvot as well. That's why the only haluk is achareya. Got to do it with Miforash. But you see what? According to all opinions, the Evid themselves, when it's under the jurisdiction of the Jew, when he buys it, when he acquires it, all the Jew has in it is Kenyan uh, Shabud in it, Kenyan Mamon will call that. That different. You don't own the Evid, so he's, he's to himself. So if he wants to go to the Mikveh before the owner puts him in the Mikveh, the Shem Avdut, he's able to do that. So now the Gabbara says, Amar of Avya. This Allah said is only talking about where he bought an Evid from Oved Kuchavim, he bought it from a Goy. So then we say what? That since the Goy doesn't own him, the Goy only owns Ma'asiyadav, uh, so he can only sell him what he owns, and therefore it's only a Shabud. Aval Oved Kuchavim Gufeh. 
But let's say the Ovid Karim himself sells himself to a Jew, Kane. The Goy can actually sell his goof to the Jew, Nafkamina, Nabavya saying, once the Jew buys him, finish. He cannot dip himself to Shem Ben Chorin. So the Ravavya wants to make a look in the halakha between a Jew buying an Ovid Karim from a Goy or buying the Ovid Karim from himself. He wants to, when he buys from himself, the Goy himself can sell him his goof. So the Gabbana says, how do you know this? Tikhtiv, Vigam mibinea toshavim agarim amachim, mehem tiknu. Torah says, from the dwellers that live amongst you, you can buy from them. You can buy slaves from the Goyim. So the Gebaraz Doresh, Atem konim mehem. You're able to buy slaves from them. Ve'lohem konim mikem. But they cannot buy from you. A Goy cannot buy a Jew as a slave. Ve'lohem konim zemizeh. Nor do the Goyim allow to buy slaves from one to another. The law of slaves only a Jew can buy from a Goy. So the Gemara says, Ve'lohem konim mikem. What do you mean? It says that they cannot buy from us. They cannot buy a Jew as a slave. Lemai. For what law? If you're going to tell me that a Goy cannot buy a Jew to have him work, which means we're not about owning him. Maybe you'll tell me that a Jew, a Goy cannot buy a Jew even from Asiyadav as a worker. That's not so. What, a, a, a Goy cannot buy a, a Jew to have him work for him from Asiyadav? Torah says, let's say a Jew came on hard times. So it says he's able to sell himself to Mishpahat Ger. Now what is Mishpahat Ger? Ve'amar mor Mishpahat Ger, ze'avet kuchavim. So you're allowed to sell yourself to a goy for ma'asiyadav. So when it says that they cannot buy you, it cannot mean for ma'asiyadav. Because a goy can't buy a Jew for ma'asiyadav. Elalav legufeh. It must mean it's saying that a goy cannot buy a Jew, he doesn't own him. Doesn't become his property. But what does it say? You, what they can't do to you, you can do to them. That's why it's for what? Even the person themselves you could buy. So therefore, Ravavya substantiates his, um, his statement by saying what? That when you buy the Goy himself, you're able to buy himself. Which is what you're not allowed to do by a Jew. She's the goy cannot do by a Jew, doesn't own him. But it's about there's a case where you're going to buy from the goy and you're going to own him. So what's, what's that case? When you're buying the goy himself, that you buy this goof. And if enough kamina, if he would jump into the mikveh, the shem ben Horin, he has no rights to do that. Because when you're buying the goy from himself, you bought himself. It's not merely a shi'ibud. So the Gemara says, parikh rava'aha. So Rav Aha asked the question on Rav Avya. Who told you to learn like that? Ema bechaspa ubitpila. Maybe I'll tell you that his goof is only nikneh when you paid money for him and then you put him in the mikveh. Which means, where did you see in this braita that when you said you can acquire the goof, it means just by paying him. Maybe in the chinameh that the only way you acquire the goof is that you have to pay money, and you have to dip him in the mikveh l'shem. Abdul, so you have no ra'aya that buying an evid from a goy, or buying the goy, the evid himself, is any different. Bottom line, all you have is a shi'bud, and therefore until you dip him in the mikveh for the sake of Avdut, technically he's on his own, and he can go uh, dip in the mikveh and beat you, and do it the Shem bin Horin, and he goes free. So therefore the Gibraltar says, Kasha. Yeah, so you have a Kasha on the Vavya's premise. The Vavya tried to come along and say, there's a difference when you buy a Ovet Chukhamim direct, you're getting Kenyan Goof. Who told you? Or, I, agreed, the Brighton didn't say you get Kenyan Goof. But maybe that means there's only Kenyan Goof after you dipped them in the Mikveh Shem Avdut. But before he dipped him in the Mikveh Shem Avdut, maybe he's still like a Kenyan Mamor, therefore he has a right also to jump in the Mikveh like the case where you bought it from the Goy. And therefore you have no Ra'ayad that there's a difference between buying from an Ovet Kukharim or Ovet Kukharim Gufeh. So Amar Shemuel, so Shemuel says like this, V'sarikh l'tokfo b'mayim You have to force him in the water. Which means, whenever you're going to buy an Ebit Kana'ani, there's always a concern that you're going to dip him in the Mikveh, because that's the Halakha, you got to dip him in the Mikveh, the Shem Gerut. But always when the Goy can come out of the Mikveh, can always say, oh, by the way, I did it to cover on the Shem Ben Horin, and I'll see you. I'm free. So therefore, you have to dip him in the Mikveh in a certain way where he cannot have that claim. 
Now, so how do you do that? You force him in the mikveh, which is even the way that you dip him, you have to do it in a forceful way to show that you're his master. So we cannot come along and say, well, I was doing it the Shem ben Horin. The way that you dip him has to indicate that it's the Shem Avdut. For example, the Gemara says, Minyamin was the servant of Rav Asher. Ba'al la'atbule. He had to now dip him in the mikveh. So he gave him over to the rabbis. He let the rabbis uh, dip him in the mikveh. Said, <laughs> so listen, I'm holding you responsible, rabbis. Make sure that when you dip in the mikveh, he doesn't come back and say, I dipped the Shem ben Horin. Because if he says he dipped the Shem ben Horin, I lose my slave. So I'm holding you accountable. Make sure you dip him the right way. I want the slave, I don't want to lose him. So what happened? <laughs> they put a leash around his neck. They dipped him with the leash around his neck. They loosened it at one point. And then they tightened it. Well, they had to loosen in the beginning when he was dipping, so the water goes between the, the collar, so it's not going to be a hatitza in the mikveh. But then they tightened it they tightened it so he cannot come along and say oh yeah I dipped uh, the Shem Ben Horin what the Shem Ben Horin you have a, a leash around your neck how did you how could you come along and think that you dipped the Shem Ben Horin so the leash was a, 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 a method that Hamim did in order that the guy is going to be an Ebed he's an Ebed already in the Mikveh Right? At the least time, you can't come over and say, you did Ben Harin. What Ben Harin? You have a, a leash around you, they, they, they tightened it. Now the Gemara says, they went even a step further. Not that they had to go any further. This was already enough to solidify his Avdut, but they went a step further. When he stuck his head out of the water, when he was emerging out of the Mikveh, they put a bucket of tar, or of cement, of teeth, as she says, on his head. The Amrulen, they told him while he was in the mikveh, Zil Go bring it to your master's house. Which is already, they started using him as a Eved when he was still in the mikveh. So go, go, go to work. Now, that, before she point out that this was not necessary, but they just wanted to do it in public, so everybody could see that this guy's a slave already. That he cannot come along and say, Oh, I did it the ben Harin. What the ben Harin? In the water itself, you already had, you were serving your uh, master. Let me put the, a basket on uh, the guy's head. These servants of Papa Bar Abba, he paid the tax collector the head tax, and therefore he is using them as slaves, which means. In the olden days, every person had to pay a certain head tax to the king. So the Gemara says over here that Papa Bar Abba had servants. How did he get these servants? These servants were Aniyim. They weren't able to pay the head tax. So he would pay the head tax for them. As a result, he ended up owning them. Because the rule is, whoever, you, whoever pays the head tax to somebody else, he owns them. So the Gemara says, look at Papa Bar Abba. He has all these... Slaves over here, this goyim, and uh, they're working for him. And what's the pshat? How they're working for him? Because he pays kargayu. He paid the head tax. So the Gemara wants to know a, 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 a question. Kinafke <laughs> when they go out, which means when they go free, tsriche gita dehiruta or no? Which means do they need a get shehrur or not? You normally when you free your slave, you have to write him up a star. So the question was. To what extent does Papa Bar Abba own these people? Does he own them Kinyana Goof? And therefore they're regular slaves, therefore when they go free, you gotta write them a, a star and get Chalur. Or does he just own their work? Which means Ma'aseh Yedehim. Because technically, he didn't buy them as slaves, he just paid their head tax. So the question is, to what extent does Papa Bar Abba own these Avadim? If he wants to free them, does he have to write them an official get Chalur? Or is it enough just to. Uh, let them, let them go. That's the uh, that's the question. So the Gemara says it makes a difference what the government 
what the law of the government is, which means when you pay the head tax, what is it considered you own? Do you own the goy himself? Or you just own his work? So the Gemara answers, Amale Sorava answers, Ihu Shechive, if I would have died, Lo Amri Lechu Haimilta. I would not have been able to answer this question, which means good thing you asked me this question, because if I would have died, I wouldn't be able to answer you this. I have the answer, I, I wouldn't be able to, to transmit it to you, because I heard it. Haki Amar Sheshat, Moharakayu, Manah, which means the uh, seal of bondage is in the, I guess we'll call it the. Uh, the chest, the king's chest, meaning like the box of the king, which means they are all servants of the king. The king owns them. Okay, he has their bill of uh, of, of, of of deed of, of, of ownership, and therefore Umalka Amar, the, the king says, Man delo karga, somebody who doesn't pay their head tax, karga, he becomes the servant. Of the one that pays the head tax, so therefore the king is mama's giving over these uh, these workers, these aniim, kenyanaguf, and therefore it's a regular avid, and therefore when they go free, he has to write them a yeah, it's like a regular avid kenani. Comes the gemara continues. If bar abba ekla le gabla, bar abba came to a place called gabla. Hazah, he saw the following things: benot Yisrael, he saw Jewish girls. The Me'abran, that they were pregnant, Megerim, Shemalu, Velotablu. From converts that circumcised themselves but did not go to the Mikveh. We're going to learn a contra hakamim for a convert to be legitimate, it's got to do Milah and Tevilah, the Shem Gerut. So, so these ladies were pregnant from converts that were, uh, you know, only did half a procedure. Furthermore, he saw the Hazah, Hamrad Yisrael, he saw Jewish wine. The mazge of the kochavim, he saw that the goyim were diluting the wine. They were pouring water into the wine to dilute it. The shatu Yisrael and the Jews subsequently were drinking from this wine. Thirdly, the hazat turmosin, he saw the turmosin like the beans. The shalke of the kochavim, the goyim were cooking them, stewing them. The achle Yisrael. And the Jews were eating them. Velo amar dehu velamide, but he didn't tell them anything. Atalikamed Rabbi Yohanan. Say what Rabbi Yohanan to tell them what these guys are doing. Number one, they married, they're pregnant from these gerim, and uh, they they're, they're drinking the wine that the goyim are diluting, and they're eating the turmosim that the goyim are cooking. So Rabbi Yohanan said, Amar lehe, say vehachrez al benem shem mamzerim. First, go make an announcement that their children are memzerim, and the wine is considered yayin nesik, they're not that drink from it and benefit from it, and go tell them about those beans, mishum bishul of the kukavim, tell them it's considered bishul akum, and why nefishinam bene Torah, because they are not Torah people. Now we'll see what that means. What do you mean, Bishul Akum? Because they're not Torah people. If it's Bishul Akum, it's Bishul Akum, even if they are Torah people. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what that means. Mm-hmm. What does it mean when he told them that their children are Mamzerim? Rabbi Yohanan the Ta'ameh. Rabbi Yohanan according to this reason that we learned on yesterday's daf. The Amar of Hiyabar Abamar of Yohanan, the Olam, Enger Achiyamud Viyitbol. First of all, he holds that what? A Ger is not a Ger until he does Milah and Tevilah. And then with these Giri were not getting there, were really Goyim. They considered Goyim. Remember on yesterday's nap we had Shitot, that we said if a Goy has relations with a Jewess, the child is considered a Mamzer. So they said, hey, these are not converts over They didn't do the full uh, procedure. They didn't do Tabila. Therefore, the kids are Mamzerim. Now really, Yayinesik is really only in a case where the Goy takes the wine itself and pours it. Here, they poured water into the wine. So why should he all say it? So he says, Mishum Lech Lech Amrinan Amrin Nezira 
Sehor, Sehor, Lekarmal, Lutikrav. Because the people, they tell the Nazir, he's the one that's a suit to drink uh, wine or grapes, they tell him, there's the vine, Sehor, Sehor, go around. Don't walk through the vineyard. Why? Because you might come to eat. So just like we put a fence in front of the Nazir, don't say anywhere in the toilet they can't walk through a vineyard. But what? Walk around it. So the same thing will be here. Since bottom line, from their koah, the wine moved. By them pouring water into the wine, the green, they caused the wine to move. Even though they didn't touch it directly. So they said, you know what? As a fence, tell them they can't drink their wine because of yayin nesich. Oh, and regarding the eating of these turmosim, because they were not Torah people. Kabbalah says, Torah But if they were Torah people, then they could eat the bishul akun. They could eat food that was cooked by goyim. Any food that's edible raw. And bo mishul mishum bishule of the kukavim. That's all. If it can be eaten raw, there's no problem if the goy cooked it. They had turmus enon echal kimochu hai, but a turmus cannot be eaten raw. And therefore v'yez bo mishum bishule of the kukavim. So therefore, what did he tell them? Tell them it's bishul akum only because they're not bnei Torah. Doesn't matter. Even if they were bnei Torah, bottom line, it's not eaten raw. Therefore, they cooked it. Therefore, the kavod should be asur. The Gemara says, "Rabbi Yochanan ki idach l'shnas fina." Rabbi Yochanan holds like another opinion that says, "Tabar of Shmuel bar Yitzchak b'shemed derav kol she'en oleh al shuhan melachim leechol bo etapat en bo mishum b'shule of the kuchavim." So you have a rule: anything that a king would not eat on his table with bread, it's called en oleh al shuhan melachim, is not considered subject to the law of. And therefore the turmus is not only al shuhan melachim. And therefore technically there is no bishul akum by the turmus. Also, then why was Abu Anan mahmir on them? Only because these guys were not b'netorah, they were ame'aris. And therefore if you're going to matir them turmusim, they're not going to know this haluk of it, because in all that shuhan melachim, they can come along and say bishul akum is mutar in all cases. So therefore that's why, because since they weren't b'netorah, you have to be mahmir on them. By the case of Bishul Hakum of the Turmus, Shari. But you're right, if they would have been Torah, the Turmus would have been permissible. Why? Because it's Eno Al Shulhan, Melakim, the Mother, subject to the law of Bishul Hakum. Okay, now we go to a very important Mahloket. Tarul Banan. We have a Braita. Ger Shemal Velo Tabal. Let's say a Ger, he circumcised himself, a man, a male. But he did not go to the big vet. Rabbi Li'ezer Omer Areze Gir. Rabbi Li'ezer said, Mila alone is enough. Shechen matzinu ba'avotenu, shemalu velo tablu. We saw by our forefathers, referring to the Jews that left Mislaim. They ended up leaving Mislaim and they ended up going and standing in front of Harsinai to receive the Torah. They went from Bnei Nawab, they ended up becoming Jews. And we see that what, before they left Mislaim, they took a we don't see that they went to the Mikveh. So therefore you and they're considered Jewish. So therefore you see what? For conversion, it's enough just to do a Brit Milah, Matsinu Bavotenu. Our forefathers came out of Egypt. So Gemara says, Tabal Velomal, let's say a convert went to the Mikveh, but he didn't circumcise. The opposite. Rabbi Yoshua Omer, Rabbi Yoshua says, He says, That's a gir. The ladies that came out of Mislayim, obviously they didn't do Brit Milah, but we're going to see later on that they must have went to the Mikveh, and if we see Mikveh enough is able to make a convert. So now, third opinion, Tabal velo mal, mal velo tabal, enger, achimol v'yitbol. Hakamim say you gotta do both. You gotta do milah and tibilah. So let's review the shitot over here. According to Rabbi Yehazir, it's enough what milah. According to Rabbi Yeshua, it's enough tibilah. According to Hakamim, both. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua, that says what tibilah is enough. Nilef me'avot. Let him learn from the men. The men took a big milah. So therefore, the Torah big milah should be enough. That says, Milazanov, Nameni lift me imahot. Let him learn from the imahot. That what? That to be Now, you might come along and say, Well, the Bili Ezer, 
I can't learn from the imahot that Tibi is enough because they, they can't do Brit Milah. Right. And we have a rule that says, and Danin Ifshar, Mi'i Ifshar. You can't learn a law on somebody that's able from somebody that's unable. Just because the ladies didn't take a Brit Milah, you can't learn from there and say, well, they didn't take a Brit Milah, they just did Tibi So men also. Uh, they're Iyif Shah. Maybe the men that's able to meet well, they have to. But we're going to prove that the Bila isn't holds that Shita, that you can learn Ifshar from Iyif Shah. So therefore, once you know that you can learn Ifshar from Iyif Shah, we have a good question. How come he doesn't learn from the ladies that Tivila should not be enough? Now, where do you see that the Bila Ezra learns Ifshar? That you cannot learn an ifshar from an ifshar. So we learned in the How do we know that korban pesach the generations? The money that you used to buy the korban pesach. How do you know it's got to come from free money? Meaning that it cannot come from money that was designated for maaser shini. How do you know that from? Well, Neemar Pesach Bebislaim. Well, we know that the Jewish people brought the Korban Pesach when they were in Egypt. Neemar Pesach Bedorot. And we know that subsequently you have to bring Korban Pesach as well. Ma Pesach Amur Bebislaim. And Ba'ilam Menachodim. Well, just like the Pesach and the Slime, from what money did it come from? From free money. From unconsecrated money. Ma Pesach Amur Bedorot. So to the present of the generations. And Ba'ilam Menachodim. So Amalei Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva tells Rabbi Reizer, V'chidarin efshar m'shi'i efshar? What are you talking? In Egypt, the reason why it didn't come from Maaser money, because there was no such thing as Maaser money. So how did you learn from Mishraim to the Dorot? Amalei afal pish i efshar, ra'ya gedolahi. Doesn't matter. Even though it's Efshar, it's a proof. They bought only from unconsecrated money in Egypt, so therefore that's the Raya. So therefore, you can learn from it. So therefore, we'll go back to the question. How come you say Milaz the Ikar? Right? Why don't you learn from the ladies that came out of Islam where they only did don't tell me in that in Efshar Mishri Efshar because you know what the Ezra says you are you do learn Efshar Mishri Efshar so the Gemara revamps the Mahlokit the Gemara says like this Ela new way of learning the Mahlokit Betabal velo mal kule'al malo perigi demahani Tabilah is enough according to everybody there's no argument on that she's even a Bili Ezer will learn from the ladies that since they dipped when they came out of Egypt and they're considered Jewish, Tibila alone is enough. So what's the Mahlokit between the Bili Ezer and the Biyoshua? Kipeligi bemal velo tabal. That's the Mahlokit. If you did Mila alone, the Bili Ezer alif me'avot. The Bili Ezer learns from the Avot, which means the Jews, the men that came out of Mishraim, they circumcised themselves. For the Biyoshua, be'avot na'meh Tibila hava. So the Biyoshua says, you have no raya from the Avot. Because I'll tell you, the men, not only did they circumcise themselves, they also dipped themselves in the mikveh. How do we know that the men dipped themselves in the mikveh? How does the Biyoshua know when the men came out of Egypt, that they didn't only do Brit Milah, they also went to the mikveh? Because it says in the Pasuk by Matan Torah, God tells the people, go, God tells Moshe, go to the people and, and prepare them. Go wash their clothes. Now the assuming of here, washing clothes means dip the clothes in the mikveh. So the Gemara now is going to make a kavah If they had to dip their clothes in the mikveh, certainly they have to dip themselves. What's the kavah Let's say a case where a guy became a baal keri. Where he has to dip himself in the mikveh, but he doesn't have to dip his clothes. He doesn't have to dip his clothes about it. He just has to dip himself. So in the case where he has to dip himself, he doesn't have to dip his clothes. Where you even need to dip your clothes. Certainly you would have to do tevilah at a goof. So therefore, that's what Yeshua knows the men must have went to the mikveh. And the fact that Torah says you have to do kibbus begadim, he had to do also tevilah at a goof. Maybe this kibbutz pegadim is not mikveh at all. Maybe God was telling them, wash their clothes. So they're clean. So between when you go to Matan Torah, you'll have white clothes, or it won't be dirty. Like what the Matan Torah, you have no, who, who says we even talking about mikveh? But that's fine. The B, Yeshua, proved that the men went to the mikveh from a different pasuk. It's Moshe took the blood of the Qurban that they brought before Matan Torah. He sprinkled the Jewish people with the blood in order to purify them. 
Gemini, we have a tradition. We know that before a person can become sprinkled on, he's got to go to the mikveh. So therefore, they must have went to the mikveh before. So that we have no ayah that milah is enough. Because the men also did tevilah. When did they do tevilah? Before they made hazaah. Oh, so now, the Gebarah says, V'Rabi Yoshua, Tevilah bi'imahot minalan. Which means, Rabbi Yoshua, you said what? That the women, they made uh, Tevilah. Correct? And therefore, everybody holds Tevilah is enough. And where do we see that from? Because the ladies, when they went out of Egypt, they did uh, Tevilah. But where do you know that from? Now, we can say simply that they also sprinkled before Matan Torah, and therefore the same thing we just said, when you're sprinkled, uh, therefore you also uh, have to go to the Big Bear. But let's say that maybe only was master, the men were sprinkled. So therefore, if that's the case, how do you know the ladies have to go to the Mikveh? Hey, give us a sevarahu. Simple logic. If they didn't do Tevilah, then what did they do to come into the, the, under the wings of Shekhinah? Brit Milah they couldn't do. Fitami they didn't do Mikveh either. What, they did nothing? So they went to Sebarah, they had to go to the Mikveh. So they went to Rabbi Yeshua knows that they did the Mikveh. So again, let's get them out, look at good. The Biliyazir is saying, what, it's enough just to do a Brit Milah. Right? Which everybody agrees if you did Mikveh, it's good. Mahlouk if you did Milah alone. According to the B, Eliezer says, well, Davot, when they went out of the sun, they did Brit Milah. So Rabbi Yeshua says, no, they also did Tebilah. How do we know the men did tevilah? Because they got sprinkled. And we have a tradition. If you get sprinkled, you have to do a tevilah as well. Before, therefore, you have no idea that they just did a beat milah. So, Kazi Gabbaran says, Amar of Chayyab, but Amar of Yohanan, Le'olam, Eno Ger Achimol Vietbol. He gives halakha of Chayyab, but He says, Halakha is what? You're not a Ger until you do milah and tevilah, which means he's posek like hakamim. So, Gabbaran says, Peshita, Yahid, Rabbim, Alakha, Rabbim. Of course, what do, you, what do I need to be honored to tell me this halakha for? We know it's when the in the majority opinion. We have a standing rule. So of course we're not going to go like the other opinions. We're going to take the opinion that says you need to do mila and tabila. So what does he have to come along and tell me this? Because no, no. Man hachamim, Rabbi Yoseh. The hachamim over here are not the majority opinion. Hachamim over here are actually the opinion of Rabbi Yoseh. So they're also considered da'at. Yahid. So therefore when he said we're going to follow the opinion that you have to go to Milah and uh, Milah, it's Hadush. Now, how do you know it's a Biyoseh? The Tanya, we have a brighter. Interesting case. Haresh Sheba, let's say you have a Ger, comes on in front of the rabbis, Ve'amar Malti, he already says, I circumcised myself, Ve'lotavalti, but I did not dip in the Mikveh. Now, we can't really take his word, Legabe Mila. We want to make the guy Jewish here. The guy on his own uh, uh, word, he's saying, Yeah, my Brit Mila is a kasher. He did the Brit Mila, he, you know, he let the blood, and he's cut the right uh, part, whatever it is. So the Gemara says, What do you do in such a case? The guy comes along and says, Listen, I'm telling you, I circumcised myself, but I didn't go to the mikveh. So you know what the Gemara says? Matbidin oto, just throw him in the mikveh, the Shem Gerut, umabikach. And what do I care what his Brit Milah is? The Vera Because since the Ikar is the Tebilah, so even if I don't believe him about what he said, the Gabe is Brit Milah, it doesn't matter. Since the Tebilah is the Ikar, once you put him in the Mikveh, that's partly what his uh, Brit Milah is. So that's the Shittab Rabbi Yudah that says what? Sounds like the Tebilah is the Ikar. Rabbi Yudah Omer, En Matbilin. Rabbi Yudah says, no, you cannot be Matbil. Why? Because if his milah is no good, so the tibilah is nothing. Therefore he says what? You got to go now, verify his brit milah. And after you verify his brit milah, then you put him in the mikveh. So what do you see according to the Biyoseh? You got to have both. You got to have milah and you got to have tibilah. Which means, why don't you Biyoseh just say, I put him in the mikveh? No, because obviously he holds what? You got to make sure that the Brit Milah is okay. And only after the Brit Milah is okay, then you put him in the Mikveh. So that's what the... Uh, look at uh, Rashi. En Matbidin. Shem Aravi Mahul. Maybe the guy, why is he circumcised? He's an Arab. The Arabs get circumcised also. Maybe it's a Kifani, they also have circumcision. He's born with that. Yeah, he's born with it. And you got to have to, have to, have to take some blood. 
That's the deen. So because Rabbi Yosef says what you need, Tarte, you need both. Oh, so therefore you see what? Rabbi Yosef says that says you need both. Therefore, when Rabbi Yosef came along and said, Alaka, that you have to do both, it wasn't Alaka uh, Karabim. He would say, Alaka Karabi Yosef. So based on this, Mahlokat, we have an interesting Alaka now. Lefikach. Matbilim ger b'shabbat devrer b'yuda. We have a law like this. Let's say the ger comes in front of us and we know that his brit milah is kasher. Okay? So the b'yuda says, if you know the brit milah was kasher, you can actually dip the ger in the mikveh on Shabbat. Because normally we have a rule, we don't want a convert to dip in the mikveh on Shabbat because it looks like we're fixing him. It's like tikkun. Tikkun mana. You're fixing the man. Now even though we have to point out that if somebody's tamer, he's not to go to the mikveh on Shabbat. But over there, because we can answer that it looks like he's just going to cool himself off. It's not evident that he's doing it to take the tumah off himself. But if I can say, hey, he's just going to cool himself off. So it's not, it doesn't look like a tikkun. Mashiach, when a guy goes to the mikveh, he's got to go for the bed And therefore, it's obvious that he's going... To betaken himself. But according to the Yehuda, since Mila is okay, and we know his Mila is good, so the Mikveh really is extra. He's betukan already. Therefore, he can go to the Mikveh, according to the Yehuda, on Shabbat. Because already once the Mila is good, so therefore he's considered a ger. Rabbi Yosei Omer, and Matbilin. Why? Because according to the Yosei, you need both. And therefore, even though you establish and say that the Milah is good, he still needs to be there. And therefore, by going into the Milah, is going to make a tikkun on him. And therefore, you cannot do it on Shabbat. That's what comes out as a result of the Mahlokit. Comes the Gibran and says, Amar Mor. Now we're going to analyze. Lefichach, matbilin ger b'Shabbat. Now, according to the Yehuda, you're able to matbil a ger on Shabbat. You know that his Brit Milah is good already. Right? So since you know his Brit Milah is good already, Lechaura is uh, Jewish. So therefore, what's the problem to put him in the Mikveh on Shabbat? Already he's been to Khan. Because it's Pshita. Is that obvious? Kevad Damar Biyuda Behad Asagya. Since the Biyuda says that one is enough, Hecha Demal Lefanin, who to circumcise in front of us, but he don't even good, Matbidin. Of course you get the dip in the Mikveh. My Lefichach. What is the Hadusus Lefichach? Is it obvious? Kabbalah says, no, ma'udetema l'rabiyuda tevila ikar. Because maybe I'll tell you that according to rabiyuda, yeah, one is enough. And what's the ikar? Maybe I'll tell you that tevila is the ikar. And then if tevila is Shabbat, Lord, the kamitaken gavra. And then I'll tell you, maybe he, he will not going to let him go to the big vein because bottom line looks like he's fixing himself. Kamash ma'alan, terbiyuda oha, Either one, which is either Mila or Tila, which is Rabbi Yehuda that says one is enough. I would have thought maybe the one is enough means the Mila. And therefore, if the Mila is good, maybe the Lord goes to Mila because that's the Ikar. The Ikar is the Mila. Rabbi Yehuda says, Oha, Oha. Either one. And then once the Mila is good, there's no problem to go on the uh, Mila on Shabbat because it's not doing it. it, it, it make it, it's nice to have both, but it's not Mitakin the Gabra. Therefore, you have no problem. Now go the other way. Rabbi Yosef Omer in Matpili. Rabbi Yosef says, when you just establish that the Milah is good, we're not going to let him go to the Mikveh. Pshita, the Kevan of Rabbi Yosef, Tal Tiba'inan, since Rabbi Yosef says you need both, you need Milah and Tibilah, Tikkuni Gavra B'Shuvah, Lomit Takininan. Of course you can't let him go to the Mikveh, you're fixing him, it says Tikkun Gavra. Because I'm out of the table of Rabbi Yosef, Milah Ikar. Because maybe I would think, according to Rabbi Yosef, maybe the main item is what? The Brit Milah. And that's why in the case where the Milah was questionable, that's why the Biyosef said, you have to make Hatafat, because the Milah is the Ikar. But if the Milah is in front of us, I might tell the guy, just go to the Mikveh Church, it could be according to the Biyosef, Milah is the Ikar. Because all I know the Biyosef's first statement. What was the Biyosef's first statement? If the Milah is questionable, we can't let him go to the Mikveh. So I can argue, because yeah, Milah is the Ikar. And therefore, the Gabesh Shabbat, if I know the Milah is good, throw him in the Mikveh on Shabbat. Because uh, 
It's not metaken. Kamashmalad, Rabbi Yosef tarti That's what's going to say. No, Rabbi Yosef says you need both. The fact that we said that if the milah is not good, you can't put them in the mikveh means you got to do redo the milah and then put them in the mikveh. Mean you need both. That's coming now. If all the others are brit milah, I'm not going to let them go to the mikveh on Shabbat because bottom line you need both. Therefore, it's going to be metaken gabra. So that's the machlok to Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yosef. Are we going to say one is enough or milah or tebilah? Kote Rabbi Yehuda, kote Rabbi Yosef, dafka both. So that's what we are to come along and say alachak achamim. And who's the achamim? Rabbi Yosef that says again is not again till he has milah and tebilah. Comes the Gemara and says. There was a case of that by Rabbiyah Bar Rabbi. That's one rabbi. The Rav Yosef Matni, Rav Yosef added that a case happened in front of Rabbi Oshaya Bar Rav. He added a second rabbi to the uh, situation. There were two rabbis that were dealing with the case. The Rav Safra Matni, Rav Safra says, Rav Oshaya Birbihiyah. There was actually three rabbis. He added the Oshaya Birbihiyah. So according to Rav Safra, there were three rabbis that were dealing with the following case. Who were the three rabbis? You had Rabbi Hiyah Bar Rabbi. You had Rabbi Oshaya Bar Rabbi. And of Oshaya Birbihiyah. Okay, now what were they dealing with? They had a convert that came in front of them. He did mean Brit Milah, but he did not go to the Mikveh, and it happened to be night. He came to them at night. So they told the guy, Wait until tomorrow morning, and we'll dip you in the Mikveh. From this story you learn three halakhot. Shma'mina tilat. Shma'mina ger sarikh shilosha. Well you see over that a ger when he goes to the mikveh, you got to have three rabbis of din that are overseeing the tibila. Why? Because Rav Safra went out of his way to say there was a third rabbi over there. Why did he go out of his way to say there was a third rabbi there? Ella must be because that's the halakha. So therefore you see when the gate goes to the mikveh, you can't just come along and say, yeah, I went to the mikveh. No, no, you have to have a betin of three overseeing. And you also see why you need both. Because he came along and said, he had the milah, but what? They made him go to the mikveh. So you see we're going like the opinion that says you need a milah plus a tevilah. And you see also that you don't dip a ger at night. Because what they tell him, wait till tomorrow morning, and then they'll take them go to the mikveh. So they get what else? We can learn a fourth thing. These rabbis were all experts. They weren't stam uh, three people. They were all great rabbis. So maybe learn from it that when you go and oversee a conversion into the mikveh, you need three great rabbis like in the story. Well, there's no proof to that. Dilma Maybe it happens just to be three great rabbis. We have no ra'ayah that you need three great hachamim. You see you need three, because Lav Safra went out of his way and said there was a third rabbi there. Okay, so you need three, but just happened to be there, but three great. But who told you, maybe you don't need mum'in uh, at the process. Les talakha. Rabbi Hiyabar Abba Amar Yohanan Ger Sarik Shilosha Now why do you need a betin at all? Mishpat Ketiv Be Because by Ger it says the word Mishpat It says Mishpat Tehad Yelachem Velager And we know that Mishpat judgment Monetary judgment for example En Pachot Mishlosha So therefore just like in Mishpat you need Shilosha So to buy the conversion You also need a betin of Shilosha Baruch Anu Adi Ulam Amen Amen